0: Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily.
1: And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so
0: much for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Unrestricted Podcast. Today, Han and myself will be answering the question, how did we know when we were fully recovered? Now, I want to start this episode with an analogy that for me summarizes this process as clearly and eloquently as I think I can possibly make it. And we often talk about recovery being a little bit like a game of whack-a-mole, that you go through this process and you are constantly whacking moles whacking eating disorder thoughts that come up with opposite actions whacking the behaviors the rules the fears and you're in this process and when you attack something you notice that something else pops up somewhere else and it's this endless or seemingly endless process when you're in it but the reality is is as with progressive movement from recovery towards recovered this game shifts and you start to notice that those moles are popping up fewer and further between you know there's just not as much stuff to be whacking and the thing that I use as as the point of like what being recovered is and that shift from recovery to recovered is that eventually what happens is those moles stop popping up and you're stood there with your hammer and you notice there's just there's just no moles popping up and you stay and you're stood there and every now and again you might just whack a, a hole just to be sure just to be like definitely definitely no mole in there you're not popping up and you stand there for a while. And, and with time, you realise, no, there's no more moles popping up. And that's the point where you can then metaphorically put that hammer down. And that, for me, is what recovered was, where actually you've put that hammer down. The game of whack-a-mole is over. You've stood and you've waited. There's no more moles popping up. You've waited, you've held on to all of those behaviours, you've stayed committed to doing all of the doing and you recognise that actually you don't need to be engaging in that any longer and you can put that hammer down. And that, that for me best kind of describes the shift from recovery to recovered.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I love that analogy so much. And I think it's really important uh, to recognise that at the beginning of that so-called game, you are running about kind of um, getting very hot and bothered. You're sweating, um, getting all of these moles popping up left, right, centre, everywhere. You are feeling like you're combating eating disorder thoughts. And as the game progresses, you realise that they are coming up in maybe less intensity, and they're easier to hit down, and perhaps a, they are fewer and further between. And I think it's so important to recognise that the that that this kind of transition, as you mentioned, is one which happens with a very gradual nature. Yes, you do not um, kind of wake up recovered one morning. There is no black and white here. It's it's a transition. I think it's just so important and reassuring to. To hear this idea of a shift and exactly as you said there it's it's a case of the moles popping up every now and then when you are still moving to recovered but eventually they absolutely stop what we really have to be careful about is not panicking when some still do come up when we mm. feel as though we've had an absence of them for a little while because we are still moving through to that fully recovered stage and we are not quite there yet. I think many people who are very very close to being there uh, often find themselves getting very frustrated when they are uh, presented with a new mole (laughs) and I feel as though sometimes it is just a case of engaging in a new experience uh, that brings up this new situation which otherwise you hadn't encountered before in your recovery and that, therefore there was no kind of realization that 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 needed um attention so i think really be compassionate to yourself as you are going through this process where the eating disorder um voice or whatever you refer to it at it is is quieting and the the kind of eating disorder is dimming whilst life is opening up if there are a few Uh, eating the sort of whispers still going on it is not uh, something for you to absolutely panic about and kind of say you're not getting anywhere it's to put your attention quite rightly towards those things but again in a compassionate way which isn't black or white
0: i i haven't got anywhere yeah definitely i think that's so important to hold on to because the truth is recovery is we often say this but we have to remember what it means recovery is not linear and actually i think what is fairly normal and certainly something I experienced is that you may well get a flurry of moles popping up really quite near the end of your process you know I I remember this happening in my own journey and I helped me to reframe it in a, I suppose in a somewhat comical manner um as almost like my eating disorders dramatic finale <laughs> ending it was like it was its theatrical death it was like oh no no. Um, and I I recognize that I suddenly got more hunger randomly and I suddenly got just eating disorder things popping up in places where I was like, well, I haven't thought that in ages. Why is that there? And, and if in that moment and don't get me wrong, when I was in it, there was definitely a part of me that felt pulled in that direction and 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 tiptoed towards that of that doubt and that questioning and that, oh, my goodness. But does this mean that maybe I can't be recovered? And what, what does it mean that I need to go back to? No actually in that moment, it helped me to recognize and I used that analogy of like the drama ending and thought, no, this is just the same old thing. And I need to just keep practicing those things that I've been practicing all the way along this process. And the truth is just in the same way, that at any point along this journey, when that shows up, the opposite actions, the grounding yourself in your core self, that was the thing that in that moment, I needed to hold myself on and continue to do because like I say, eating disorder, that whole thing of eating sort of scream as they die, I feel like it's not uncommon, right towards the end of the process to get a flurry of things, to get that theatrical eating disorder death and just to hold yourself and go, okay, this is just another part of my journey. You know, it doesn't change the fact that you are however close you are to the finish line of your journey. It doesn't change how close you are to the destination. It just means that maybe you didn't see the the bumps in the road that were between this point and your destination from further back. So just really holding yourself and this is OK, this is normal, this is natural. And you just need to do the thing that you've got really good at doing, which is to take those opposite actions and to listen to your body and to keep pressing forwards. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
1: I think one of the uh, other things to mention here certainly is some of those um, mental markers of malnutrition Mm. just uh, slowly, slowly diminishing and that being a real, a real sign of the eating disorder becoming less strong, of course, but also your life becoming bigger, richer and just more fulfilling. And I think one of the real things that I noticed was this idea of myself just predominantly thinking of non-food related aspects of my life that little bit more Mm. so maybe when I was going out for um, dinner for example I would think about my friends and I would think about the conversations that I might want to um, have or things that I had to tell them about activities that I've been up to rather than me thinking about going to dinner and being like very food centric about the occasion or for example if i was going out to i don't know a national trust place that just springs to mind i wouldn't be thinking about what cafes might be there i would be thinking about kind of um the weather or, or anything else other than food being my central focus so i just think Picking up on a few of these like mental state markers of what it means to be malnourished. So hyperfixation on food and and all of those things, which are basically just, of course, your body calling for you to eat. Seeing those gradually fade is is a real big part of getting closer and
0: closer to full recovery. Yeah, definitely. A huge one for me was recognising that shift away from that hyper fixation on food, particularly from a mental hunger perspective. Now, as I if you've listened to other episodes, I've talked about mental hunger and actually mental hunger is a perfectly normal natural hunger cue that people who are energy nourished, energy balanced and and not with an eating disorder experience, but the elevated levels of it that you experience in an energy deprived state are intense. And when you've been in that place for a long time, it can start to feel like that's normal. You know, particularly if eating disorder wants to try and spin that yarn of, oh, yeah, but everybody just thinks about food all the time. No, no, they don't. They really, really don't. And one of the big things that I noticed as I was coming towards the end of my process was a significant shift in mental hunger. And it is and was the most freeing thing ever. All of those things that you've just mentioned there, Han, it's it's just the fact that that all happens completely authentically and organically there's no micromanagement of it there's no forcing of it there's no deciding right as of today I'm just not going to think no it just happens it's just so natural and automatic and I just noticed that I became less bothered about what was in the fridge less bothered about (laughs) wanting to be the one that popped out to the post office less bothered about doing the washing up, less bothered about what other people were doing with their movement and with their food and less bothered about where we were going to go out for meals and just all of these different things, I started to notice that I just chilled out so much and it was a really, a really big indicator for me at that point that I was absolutely heading in that right direction and towards that place of being recovered
1: Yeah, I I would match that exactly. I think what you say there is uh, on your list of less bothered. I would just put it for me, just like a full stop. I was less bothered about just most things generally things, even though I had, of course, things that meant a lot to me. I didn't get really deeply irritated in the same way that I did when uh, I was running on the fumes of of the energy deficit. I think so much just really irked me and I could get really wound up about um, usually food-related things, but also other things which were um, probably inconveniences into my day or a disruption to my routine. But not only food ceased to be so emotional after some time, but just like occasions, um, like being stuck in traffic or something along those lines. I, I don't love it now. I'm not going to sit here and say like it's my my favorite thing to <laughs> to happen. But in the in the same way, I would. I would find myself getting a really uh, kind of intense anger feeling of maybe what that was delaying or what it was interrupting in my day. Whereas now I just feel generally exactly as you said, just just more chilled out and and very much less bothered. I think just picking up on the like hyper awareness around food thing that for me was was huge. I think when I was uh, in recovery still and quite rightfully, my body was promoting for me to be eating um, very, very frequently and and abundantly. Even a trip to um, my local um, supermarket, for example, I would be observing as I walk past the bakery, kind of the things in the window i'd be hyper aware of the person sitting on the bench eating a a packet of crisps or, or whatever it was so i think for me hyper awareness around food and caring about what what my family were eating or what they'd left on their plate or what they'd finished all of that it just meant so much less to me and that was based on the fact that because my body was better nourished it didn't need to be so kind of attentive to all of the food in its its nearby environment so I think that's very much a a key thing for me this this reduction in in hyper awareness that does come along and just generally chilling out
0: yeah definitely and it and it's not just the absence and the letting go of the challenge and the struggle and the the battle that is recovery and all of the storm of emotions that can come up and and all of the the kind of just the the heaviness of life when you're in that conveyor belt world it's also the welcoming of peace and contentment and space for joy and fun and that actually life can just be quite nice it can you know this isn't to say that recovery is the be-all and end-all and that when you recover everything is going to be perfect it's not like that but life without an eating disorder is infinitely better than life with an eating disorder in every single way shape form and context and I just feel like it's that that simplicity comes back to life and that feeling when you open your eyes in the morning and the day just feels like possibility and the day feels open-ended and hopeful and Again, I'm not saying that every single morning I open my eyes like, wow, the day ahead of me. I don't, you know, adult life comes with days where you have things you kind of gotta do and it's not as fun. But it's very different to that waking up every morning on that conveyor belt and being like, right, let's get going then, let's do that, let's tick that box, let's go to the next thing into the next. It's just so there's so much space for peace and contentment and freedom and Yeah, I feel like those things were a big part of that shift into being recovered.
1: Yeah, for sure. I was genuinely having to to hold my hand over my mouth there so I didn't laugh too hard because I was just (laughs) picturing... I don't know if you've seen the beginning of that Barbie movie where she sort <laughs> yeah. of like jumps out of bed every morning. Yes. I was just picturing that situation. Like that is
0: me every single morning, just like "Hello, world!" <laughs>
1: Singing, yeah, absolutely. I think just just picking up on on what I would say. My final point would be from what you said with um, waking up and having open ended opportunities for me uh, and, and for many people. OCD and OCD um, related things are very much exacerbated, uh, if not completely stimulated by uh, malnutrition. And whether it be that someone has um, uh, OCD existing outside of just malnutrition, Um, it is to say, most likely that malnutrition is is going to increase it somewhat. So having ability to pick and choose the routines that I did, and the ability to be very, very flexible, for me, that was um, a massive shift. And just kind of this idea that I could do what I wanted with my day, rather than what I felt like I I had to do per se. And I think um, having, having healed a lot of my previous vulnerabilities that were present before my eating disorder. So any kind of um, small tendencies to, uh, I don't know, observe a, a magazine which said something about um, diet culture. I would say that's the the only other thing that I would add here, just a complete robustness that I realized I had around any, any kind of food content or any kind of conversations that was what really uh confirmed me that I was there when I didn't have any emotional tug when someone made a diet culture uh, related comment or if I read a magazine which said something I I didn't um appreciate or or didn't agree with as such I think when I was in recovery I still had to kind of talk myself down Mm. from them and and, um almost (sighs) prepare myself to not be triggered whereas afterwards I just felt very unemotional around someone having said something like that because I knew that it didn't apply to me with such with such I I don't know confidence Mm. I didn't have any of that vulnerability remaining that was still somewhat present as I was still in recovery and obviously very much present when I was um, in the early stages of my recovery so those two things are kind of the last ones that
0: I would I would personally mention yeah definitely neural rewiring is a phenomenal process and the truth is is you know now recovered I I know that I am at less risk of getting an eating disorder than I was before I ever started with my eating disorder I have built up such a wealth of knowledge and understanding about my my body about energy deficit about just just so much stuff that you develop and, and learn and so much growth that happens throughout the recovery process I know we've kind of touched on before this kind of silver linings but this is definitely one of those that silver lining that the neural rewiring that goes on that means that you can become really quite bomb proof to triggers, things that maybe once held a lot of emotional loading for you, you you can get to a place where those aren't and where you also have such perspective and ability to zoom out and see the bigger picture of that thing in the context of you and your body and your path, that you can be in a place where, as I say, you, you're not only recovered, you're in a stronger place than you ever were before you ever went into your eating disorder with a whole world of respect that go that gets gained for your body and appreciation for its ability to heal and be there for you and show up and just just so much stuff and the only thing i would like to add here is please please take note of the fact that everything we have spoken about today has revolved primarily around mental state Now, there's no doubt physical restoration, nutritional rehabilitation, the biological act, the physiological act of those things is essential, essential to be able to reach a place where you are recovered. But all of the things that we are talking about here. Are about your brain and your head and where your thoughts are at. And that is the thing that I really want people to hold on to because eating disorders very often use different markers as indicators of finish line. They make suggestions that say, oh, because of X, Y, Z, this is where we drop anchor. No. Your eating disorder's opinion of where your finish line is, is totally and utterly irrelevant to the reality of where your finish line is. And by by the very nature of your eating disorder suggesting that you have reached that finish line, you haven't because it's your eating disorder that's suggesting it. So I would encourage you to hold that truth and keep moving forwards and pushing forwards because the place that we've spoken about, this place where you are mentally free and you are at peace, in your body that is a place that you can absolutely get to
1: yeah for sure I think that 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 real reminder of mental state over target weight even if it is something advocated by your eating disorder or really unfortunately if it's something that is prioritized Mm -hmm. by a treatment team or yeah. anything along those lines we really really have to be emphasizing the importance of it's how you feel in your head not not whereabouts your body is because yeah. that is that is the pure freedom here um, yeah so thank you very much for listening this week we really hope that that episode was helpful for you and hopefully in some way uh, inspiring for the for the way forward um, but again we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to listen and we look forward to recording again next week.
0: Yeah have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Bye.